Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm sorry. Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's never a yes! segment of Let's, let's yes! Ride. Really? Yes, there is. And there's always the a name. second segment. Uh, there's, always, die. there's always a second segment after the break. I'm so sorry. Uh, this is the Steelers preview, not Let's Ride. But still, anyways, um, I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me is the other co-editor, Dave Schofield, the Brian Anthony Davis, the Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer. And let's talk, let's continue this conversation. At the end of part one, we were talking about holes on the roster. Brian brought up cornerback. I think that's the number one. Dave, what's another one for you? Okay. I'm going to say this. When I think of holes on the roster, you're either thinking, A, you don't even have a good starter, or the or B, what I ultimately think of, if one injury occur, occurs, are you in big trouble? That's just kind of how I look, how you want to run an NFL roster. Yeah. So, you know, if someone gets hurt, or how, how big a trouble are you in? Something like that. So, therefore, I'm actually going to say I'm – See, I don't want to call that. The problem is when you have plenty of bodies, but you just don't know how they're going to pan out because you could very easily put, I'll go ahead and throw it out there for, for a debate. Something like offensive tackle. That, yeah, yeah, that, that, that I'm shocked. You didn't go yeah. with another position to be honest with you. Like but it's really, there's a logical number two, but if you want to go tackle, that was, that was my number three. If it was, no, I'm, I was gonna I'll go part. tackle and then we'll see All what right. your number two is. So, so go yeah. ahead, go ahead and explain yourself. Go ahead. Well, just because, you know, Zach Banner's coming off the injury. Yep. Looks like you're going to be sending chooks over to the other side where some people feel like that's a more natural fit. I've said that, but then again, I thought Matt Filer was more of a natural fit at guard and we saw how that worked out 
where he definitely was better the year before. But Jeffrey Benedict chalks that up to having to play next to Big Al because not because Big Al is bad, but because Big Al is a completely different type of player. And they're going to find that out in Baltimore that playing next to him, it takes a takes a different type of player. Anyway, back to this. So the problem is you don't know what you have in fourth round pick Dan Moore yet. You have someone that you're hoping. Seriously, I, I would love for him to get the Justin Lane treatment. I would love for him to not have to have to play an offensive snap this year because if he does, it's because you're dealing with either injury or poor play. It would be really nice if they could get him just a, a year to, to, you know, when I say no offensive snaps, I mean at tackle. Maybe he's the jumbo tight end if they decide to still use one, even though what they about Joe Hag? Then you've got Joe Hag. Joe Hag to me is a very undersized tackle. That's uh, still kind of a head scratcher to me. Um, I don't know that it's a guarantee. It's funny because when you and I did our 53-man roster prediction today, there was people in the comments saying, I think Hegg might not make the team. And I'm like, I think they have to keep him because he's the one, he's the guy keeping him from getting an additional comp pick because he's the only addition that they had that counted the comp formula. I don't see them not at least keeping him around as an emergent as a as an insurance policy, even if he's not all that great. But remember, he was not a starter in Tampa. He didn't when he had to spot start, it apparently did not go well. I haven't gone back and broke down all his film or anything like that. So I'm a little bit shaky with tackle. I'm not saying that I think they have to add more players. So I don't know that I want to call it a hole as much as I call it a weakness. Uh, you know, something that's a little bit thin based on your on on your you're not exactly sure about your starters, and therefore you're not also sure about your backups either. You bring up good points in regards to the tackles and the Steelers backups. Like you said more, I mean, I, I've watched Jeffrey Benedict at least I know on Friday, we're going to run his part one of the, his breakdown of more from Texas A&M. He just doesn't look like he's ready yet. Not that he's never going to be ready. Just not going to be ready yet. I, I've always said that you can categorize draft picks as picks that are for now and picks that, you know, are going to be like for future project types he fits more the latter um brian what do you think about the tackle spot is it a glaring team need in your opinion in 2022 it is i think right now it's fine you know i know you're banking on everybody staying healthy but you have Haig there you have the uh i i know he's got to work to make the team i know coward has to make the team as well coward coward is a guard. i know he's a guard but he's yeah. also played a tackle you interrupted because honestly, if he could play some tackle, that would make me feel better. <laughs> when they brought him in, they yeah. said that that he has had some experience at both places that he could play both. So Dave's but, interrupting again. Yeah, come on, Dave. Because <laughs> I I even did the I know he's a he's a tackle, but and then like Dave broke in on me. Whoa, big fella! All right, now the only thing with Hag though, the only thing you want to do with Hag, just don't throw the ball to him in the end zone anymore after the super bowl he is banned from you know trying to catch passes he blew a perfect pass the defender I had him ripped on my it out of his hands oh no he that blew wasn't it. that was a good defensive play <laughs> he dropped it. it wasn't that he blew it drop, no, he got ripped drop, out of his hands drop <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> now you know i i think i think there's more to worry about there remember about and i understand 
more is a project. You know, Jeffrey's saying it. Dave wants him to have the Justin Lane treatment. Yeah, that understudy treatment's great. That's the treatment we wanted Kevin Dotson to have last year. Kevin Dotson didn't get – we kept on saying it's going to be a disaster if Kevin Dotson plays because either somebody's injured or they don't play well, just like Dave said earlier. But then when he went into play, we're like, whoa, he just got nice. a jump start on year number two. We've got our guy now. He's got, I mean, the rust is off. There's no questions about Kevin Dotson this year. So if a guy has to step up, you see them step up, that could be a possibility. Remember, and he, he talked about it himself, how he misjudged this call. The infamous Carlos Davis is bad at football. Well, Carlos Davis got his chance, got his limelight, got his chance to shine, and ran with it and set himself up for an opportunity with his team. So the guys can be a project, but you just never know when they get that opportunity, how itching they are to get in there. Now, you've got a guy like Moore who reminds me of a Dotson. He just reminds me of a hungry guy with that mean streak. Reminds me a lot of the same guy. I think he's a guy that if he's given the opportunity, he is going to uh, – there's not going to be any lack of heart there. Let's just put it that way. You know, yeah, great point about Kevin Dotson and the the – I guess you would call it the expectations of him or the narrative around him as he was drafted in the fourth round. So good point there. I think it's very valid. Can I say one last offensive line? Go for it, Dave. Really quick. Because I know we need to keep moving. Now, I did not break down extensive tape of either guys. I only saw several plays. A lot of them was because Jeffrey Benedict shared them with me. But when I look at Kevin Dotson's film coming out of college, the few plays that I saw, and I look at Dan Morse, few plays that I saw coming out of college, Dotson had a had a better pro-ready technique. I'm just talking strictly technique. It's not that Dan Moore's not going to be a good pro. It's just he might take a little bit of time to get that technique down. And honestly, technique means even more at the tackle position. So therefore, that's why I don't – I mean, could he turn into – you know, Kevin Dotson 2021, that would be absolutely fantastic. I'm just not putting that kind of pressure and expectation on him for that reason. The the funny thing is, is when you go back to Dotson, what did everyone say when he was drafted? He's a road grader. He's a run. He's a run blocker. He wants to go downhill. What did he grade out as one of the best guards? <laughs> pass protection. A pass, yeah, he was one of the best pass blocking guys. <laughs> but what else did they say about him? They gave him the P word. A lot of people gave him the word project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. And he's right. That's only because they didn't know squat about him because he wasn't combined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. He wasn't invited. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My position that I'm going to bring up, I thought it was going to be a no-brainer for David, too, and that, that's the pass rusher, outside linebacker, edge, whatever the heck yeah, you want to call it. <laughs> but, I mean, you think you talk about what – if we're using Dave's description of a hole in the roster, you have two starters there in Highsmith and Watt. No one's going to complain about that duo. I don't think you should. After that, yeah, it gets dicey. We'll put it that way. I mean, if you're banking on the Q from the U and Quincy Roche, and that's a six-round pick. I don't care if he was projected it's in late. on, Q from I, the I, U. Yeah, there you go. I like, I like it. it. I like that a lot. I don't care if he was projected to be a late fourth or a fifth-round pick and they got him in the sixth. That means absolutely nothing to me. It just tells me that we're putting a lot of hope in this one player. The other guy? Cassius Marsh or Cassius Marsh, however you say his name, the Pokemon King. No, please. No, thanks. Like uh, to me, uh, 
to me, I look at it and say, if they're going to bring in any player at any position, it's not cornerback. It's got to be a pass rusher. Give me Ryan Kerrigan at, on a cheap deal, one-year deal. I'd be happy with that because See, it's better than what they so have. Or not cheap. They're not cheap. That's the problem. Well, hey, 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 Ryan. Uh, hey, this is Kevin Colbert, Ryan. Yeah, how are you doing? You want to play football this year? Well, you can make nothing, or you can come here and make some money. Yeah. Most people would show would everybody what you money. can do with yeah. our great defense. You got to try a deal. We'll give you three, that, three million great. for if, one year. Come in, and Ryan. Let's go. And if he says no, I'll pass. All right. Good luck on the unemployment line. I mean, seriously, there's going to come say a point. You're not going to be our starter, but you're going to get lots of snaps. Right. There's there's going to come a point where these players are going to have, and and he's just one of many. Uh, Melvin Ingram is another one that's out there. Justin Houston, if you think he still has anything left in the tank, they're out there and there's going to come a point. They have to make a decision. Either I'm going to like continue your, to, I like your total though. You're, you're yeah. spot no, on I, with, your, with your money. Continue to wait, continue to wait, hope for an injury mm-hmm. or go to somewhere like Pittsburgh where you have a second year player and Alex mm-hmm. Highsmith on the side and say, I could probably still see a significant amount of time. And how nice would it be to have TJ Watt rushing on the other side? taking mm-hmm. all the attention away. I've been saying for all the time, because I've watched Ryan Kerrigan almost his whole career here as we live in Maryland and you see the Washington team all on foot on TV a lot. I would love to see him come in, just be a situational pass rusher, go yeah. in and spell these guys. Let's go. Let's make some, that'd be great. I'd great. Love to see Kerrigan in Pittsburgh, but still, I even hooked it to market to know he was still there. That's a, that's a really good one. Go ahead, Brian. I want to give you some credence on this too, because that's a move that the Ravens would make. And I kind of complain that the Steelers don't kind of make that veteran move a lot. Uh, even, even late in June or uh, late in late in August, when the Ravens always seem to make that pay off. They, yeah. they bring in a guy like that. I would love to see a Kerrigan too. I'm not ready to slam the door in Cassius Marsh because the only reason I say that is Look, I when you bring in a guy and his first action is you bring him in right at Thanksgiving and his first action is in December, you know, he has no chance to gel with that team. I want to see what he does with with some significant time learning the team, learning the system. I I think you might have a more qualified backup than you think you have. I'm not banking on him. I'm not going to Vegas and putting money on the Pokemon King. All I'm saying is I'm a little more comfortable than you are, Jeff, with him. You're I'll give you I will give you that that he came in midseason. He don't I don't think he played much last year, so he's probably not in the best shape. It was a strange year. So I'll give you that. But even then, even then, I still think you need a decent fourth. I, I still mm-hmm. think you need another body. And I'm just again, it might be Roche. It might be Q from the U, but it also that's a lot of pressure on a rookie. Some are saying, Anthony Ciccolo, please, Lord, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring, I think, I think Q from the U could do what, what Ciccolo did as well, a rookie. I, I have a, I, that's, I have you, a, you stand up, you play patty cake, and then you just go to the sideline <laughs> when the play's over. That's it. That's all he did. He did I'm, I'm starting my profiles on the undrafted free agents and I'm starting with linebackers. So that might be a better option than Anthony Ciccolo right now. Yeah. Hey, I, I, what do they I, have in I, common? Two sixth round picks from the U, both sixth rounders. Chicolo is a defensive line. He's a defensive end. Remember they had him lose all that weight and try mm-hmm. to transfer to the outside. That just didn't work out. Didn't work out. Not at all. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Brian, do you have any other positions or is it just those three? Really? I have one in mind, but I wanted to ask you first. You know what? I actually think that uh, I would like to say you're going to think I'm crazy. I'd like to see a little bit more with safety. Because, because that's 
that's kind of a you know with depth. You know, I think they're fine with their starters. Yeah, and hard. don't yeah. buy into the fact don't buy in the fact that a lot of people think Terrell Edmonds has been cut because they didn't have their they didn't give him the fifth year option. No, that means that this is his last this is his walk year possibly. That's what that means. But I think they're fine there, but one of those guys go down. I I don't think Marcus Allen's the guy because I think he's more of an inside linebacker now. So I I don't really see the depth there at safety yeah. anymore. Miles Killebrew was yeah. signed, so he's yeah, an option I, there. The but Steelers have him listed as a linebacker, but I think he's got Shut be up. Safety. Do they? Really? Yeah, on the yeah. on the Steelers website, they have him listed as a linebacker. <laughs> I, I I I don't think so. I think because if not, then they really are struggling at safety. But but so you know I, who he I is? Should be safety. He's Darius Hayward Bay. He's a mm-hmm. special teamer. He's Jordan Dangerfield. He's Jordan he Dangerfield. has ST next to his name. You know, you did not consider. I know you saw some action from DHB, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is he is there to be a special teamer. He was tough his first two years, especially his second year in the league on defense when he had the right defensive coordinator. And we know who he is. To be, yep. Just who happens yeah. to be the. Secondary, secondary catcher, Terrell Austin. Yes. Now I love the guy. I, I I really like him, but I I think he's considered to be a special teamer. But I could be wrong. No, it's, uh, you may. I'm not. I don't think either one of us is saying that safety isn't an issue in terms yeah. of depth. Oh no, it's I, a good that's one. That's a good one. Dave, next. is there any other position that you want to add to this? Um, I'm not really because honestly, inside linebacker, like I say, it, they they could if they wanted to upgrade it in the draft, I could have seen it. But I mean, even you've got got Bush, you've got Williams, you've got Spillane. You don't know between Williams and Spillane what they're going to do. I don't even know if UG3 will make the team because it's just hitting that point where it's kind of, you know, pooper get off the pot because he's, he's, you can't what is it? You can't make the team in the tank or, or I can't remember. You can't make the in club the in the tub. The you can't make the, the club in the tub. The I'm thinking of the ice tank. <laughs> team for the tank. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, that was awful. I love it. I love how t-shirt. terribly awful it was. There's yeah, a t-shirt. Yeah, there's a team for the tank. You know, the, you know, think of the ice tank. Yeah, but, You yeah. can make the touchdown zone from the yes, tank. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, you get um, tanked in the touchdown zone. And, and honestly, I I think those are the main four. I, I do. Because some people might say center. It's a completely different thing by drafting green and i know there's still people like but they passed on creed humphrey i'm trying to explain this to everybody as much as i can it's they passed on creed humphrey because they felt that kendrick green was a better fit for what they wanted and looking into him i think they're right i think they are i like i said he was just not on my radar because everywhere i was looking at draft profile stuff he was listed as a guard but if you think about it the steelers like to have their centers do guard things if you think about it when it comes to pulling on sweeps and things like that so it that's the kind of player that makes the most sense for the steelers and if he's not starting right away because it's bj finney you know then it's B.J. Finney. And that's assuming B.J. Finney gets back to 2019 B.J. Finney because 2020 B.J. Finney ain't making his team because it was just not good. But I'm 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 hoping back in Pittsburgh, everything straightened out with him, that he's going to be ready, ready to go, and I'm hoping that, that that's the B.J. Finney that's back with 
the Steelers. There's magic in those gold pants. I'm going to tell you yes. that. <laughs> well, we might need you, you to felt go that to, magic. You might you, need Ryan? to go to Heinz Field and get those pants back to him because yeah. those pants might have been magical. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're still magical or what, but oh, bad don't stain. Let's just say that. No, let, <laughs> let... <laughs> t-shirt, t-shirt. <laughs> let me say this though. Bad I, I, don't stain. I want to go back to the whole Creed Humphrey thing. <laughs> They they had a top four or five. Myers was not on the top four from what I'm reading the scuttlebutt right now. Meyer, Myers from the Ohio State U- University was not there. Landon Dickerson, if he was there at number two, was not getting picked. He was there for maybe round three or four, but he was not there for two. So if Philadelphia doesn't take him, everybody's going to think, oh, they passed on Dickerson, they passed on Creed. They had their plan and... This was their plan because Dave said something that when I listened to Dave say this on the Scobro show the other night, it has resonated and it's simple. The whole thing about bringing in green, they knew that that was the the plan that they wanted to go to. And it just made sense for the other picks as well. When you see, oh, this is the direction they had. This was their plan and they had the plan where they wanted to take green. And he was higher on everybody's list. And when Colbert said, this is where I'm quoting Dave, though. When Colbert said, you know, we are, they are this draft is so deep at center, that's when we should have all thought about it. And that's what Dave was trying to say the other night on the show, that the clues were there. So we had it in our heads because we're watching mock drafts for months, and we have all these guys saying, all these Steeler insiders saying that Creed Humphrey is the guy. They don't know the list either because Mike Tomlin will tell you, and he said it on that press conference, I live in a vacuum. And when he says he lives in a vacuum, they don't care. We have a top 24 list, and this is who's on it. And that's who they scouted. Green was high, so that's why I'm loving this pick even more because they were sure on him. He wasn't a reach, and I don't think he was. So that's why I'm comfortable with the center position a little bit more. I think they could get something out of Finney. You've got some insurance with Hassenhauer there. I think ultimately that Green is probably your number two guy. And it starts out with Finney. All right, before we go to trivia, I want to ask you all real quick. Does running back ever pop up on the list? I know they just took Najee Harris number one, but let's look at the depth, though, behind him. Uh, Benny Snell... Uh, a lot of people have kind of said that he's la- lacking some luster uh, that maybe he once had Jalen Samuels, Anthony McFarlane, Callan, Callan or Kalen Ballage, Kalen Ballage, Ballage, C-U-T is what, how you say that cut. <laughs> and he, <laughs> the it's story, funny <laughs> you and I both cut him on our first. <laughs> but so, but still, that's not like a who's who list after your starter. Are you guys comfortable with the depth there? Brian, we'll go with you first. Capital Y-E-S. And I'll say this. Mm. They're not bringing in Adrian Peterson. They're not bringing in a veteran runner. I will say it right now. It's not going to happen. And the reason it's not going to happen is because they wanted to set out to do one thing and change the scheme. Remember that bus that kept on backing up on, uh, uh, gosh, Randy Land? I forgot his name already Um, on Randy Feetner in that press conference. My gosh, it it was basically like having a voodoo doll that, that press conference. He was 
feeling pain because that bus kept on backing up over them. They want to change the scheme. They're bringing in the scheme to change it. You're going to see a, a whole lot more of Anthony McFarland. He's going to get a chance that he didn't get last year, not to be the number one guy. We know who the number one guy is. He was drafted for that reason, but they have plenty of depth for what they want to do. And Snell is going to be incorporated into it. Dave thoughts on the running back position. Yeah, it's when you looked at it before the draft, I mean, ob obviously, I mean, Najee Harris is the guy. I mean, that's just yeah, what it's going to be. That, yeah. But so all those other guys look much better on a depth chart when there's someone else to be the guy than what they look like when there's no one else to be the guy. Now, like I said, it's my biggest concern is with taking a running back in the first round is not just career longevity, but it's just season-wide longevity. Running backs get hurt. If you have a running back that plays the whole season, you are a rare team. It just doesn't happen. It's more often than not than your starting running back misses time. You know, you just hope that it's not too much. It's just, you know... If people start making James Conner comparisons, it's because they overdid James Conner that he wasn't available. He, James Conner, honestly, did not really miss any more games than what the typical NFL starting running back misses. They miss a lot of games. They really do. I think I might have to break into those numbers at some point just to kind of show. So that's my biggest fear with Harris is, when is he going to miss games and for how long? Because you, because I don't, I'm, I'm, and the the eternal optimist in me says he's just not. It's just it's going to work out. But you have to think that that's not going. You know, you hope for the best, but you prepare prepare for the worst. And I think the other guys are like most NFL teams, where after you have that have a main guy, you just kind of have other guys, and then hopefully. One of them gets hot during that time if you're missing your other guy, and then they turn out all right. So I I, I don't see them as much different than how a, how a number of NFL teams handle it. So I'm I'm okay with it. All right, I thought that was good. You guys have trivia tonight. Or Dave does. Brian, do you have trivia? Yes, I do. All right, go ahead, Dave. Let's get a start on the trivia train. Okay, trivia train. It's not a very long question, and I'm pretty sure Brian's probably going to get this one pretty quickly because this is the kind of stuff that he does. But as I mentioned, when I was um, covering various things for the Steelers, because, you know, they drafted four straight offensive players, which they hadn't done for forever. Um, uh, but like I said, still not the most because they drafted six straight in 1976. But one of the things that they did is, and I covered in my stat geek podcast was the whole notion of it had been 10 years. Sorry. 11 years, meaning over 10 years, since they had drafted a center. Like, not just a starting center, just a player that was listed as a center. So that's that's kind of crazy. But center's one of those positions that if, if you have a good one, you don't need another one, unless, you know, the worst possible case scenario. But if you don't have one, boy, do you need one. So I was looking at that, and there's big gaps in stuff with the Steelers when it comes to drafting centers. But... In the modern NFL, and I'm going to say post-merger because, you know, there weren't nearly as many teams in the league before the merger, so this gives us a better thing with the draft. The Steelers actually had a draft where they drafted two players that ultimately were listed as centers. What year did the Steelers draft two centers? 
Well, you said they were listed as centers entering the draft. So well, it no, I didn't like say a, entering the draft. Uh, I said they ultimately, you know, right. that right now when you look back on their career, if you're if you were to look up this player right now, you're going to see a C next to him. That's what you're going to see. You know, but he so wasn't there. The, the fact, well, well, I'll be honest with you because I don't know what they were listed at during the draft. Got All it. I know is what they're listed at now. Brian, so if you know a- it, go ahead. I do know it because I think I talked about this on uh, either my show or the Scobro show. Um, might not be the last time, but glaringly where it shows up in my head is 1988. And number two, they went with Dermonte Dawson. And at number three, they went with Chuck Lanza. Dermonte Dawson was supposed to be in as a guard, and Chuck Lanza was your center out of Notre Dame. Lanza didn't make it the next year. Dermonte's the guard. Next, The rest is history. Am I right on that, Dave? That is absolutely correct. I did not know if Jeff would know that one, but that is also the last time that the Steelers took a center in the third round. That's mm. another little thing. And I don't know why I didn't know this. Jeff, do you know where Dermonte Dawson went to college? No, I don't. Brian? Kentucky. Yeah, I didn't know he went to Kentucky. I thought that was Wildcat. Yep. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, wildcats. <laughs> All right. That was a good one. I just that can't picture one. him in blue for some reason. That's what yeah, it is. I, I don't know why. So, All right, Bad. What's yours? All right. So since 2008, the Steelers have drafted a, a, a player from a team and then went ahead and got another player from that same team. So multiple players from one team. How many times have they done that since 2008 in the same draft? Okay. Hmm. Since 2008 in the same draft. It, it's it's I could start naming some of them off to you there, Jeff. Well, I can't I, get them yeah. going back to 2008. I mean, 2018 was when they did Washington and Rudolph together. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Yep. We know 2021 is another one with Texas A&M. And last year was two from Maryland. They had two from Michigan in 2019 with Bush yep. and Gentry. So, eight, so it yep. was 18, 19, 20, and 21 all in a row. There's four. We had Maryland in 2020. Did you ever yes. say that? Yeah, that's why I said we okay, have the last four. I was thinking. Um, yeah. um, 17. I don't know that there wasn't 17. I don't that think was the they TJ had um, No, yes, it was because it was yep. Cam Sutton and Josh Dobbs. So that's the Tennessee. Five. Yeah. Yeah. So that's five straight. Um, I'm pretty sure there wasn't in 2016 that I can think of. Um, 15. There was not. I don't, and I don't, I can't think of anyone. So what do we 15. have five right now? Before we have five, I'm going to go with eight. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff just stops and yeah, throws just it out there. Throws out a number. Hold on, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't know that it's eight. It could. Hold on, I'm really thinking this through, but I know we don't have a lot of time. That's the thing. Um, that's the problem. <laughs> so I'm. I'm going to. I know it's definitely five. I'm going to say. I could go prices right and say five, and that way I win no matter what if Jeff's over. But now I'm actually going to say I'm going to just flat up because you said 2008, so that one probably has one, so that would make six. So I'm going to say seven. All right, great job, Dave. Fantastic job in wasting time, Jeff Ocho. Eight. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, also, I'm trying. I'm trying to think when the other ones were. <laughs> 2013, the University of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, oh, I should remember that from doing the, the those draft covers. It was Landry Jones and um, 
Oh, who was the? Oh, it was someone he threw to. Justin Brown. Oh, yeah, I don't. Oh, know. That's Justin why the Brown. Brown. Who was yeah, actually Penn State before that, and then in mm-hmm. 2010, the Ohio State University, and oh, that sweet. was. So if you do remember that, it was Thaddeus. Oh, Gibson. they were like two guys that like didn't even play, Cam. right? Wasn't when was Cam drafted? Cam, Cam was, was 11. 11. Oh, okay, 10, 11. Thaddeus so, Gibson. Thaddeus Gibson in round four. Doug Worthington in round seven. <sighs> Doug Worthington. <laughs> so in other and, words, a waste. And then uh, here's one guy. So 2008's the last one because I know you mentioned that because I kind of gave that away. Two guys from Texas. And the one guy actually played oh, Lima a, Swede. <laughs> a lot more than you would think. Uh, Number two pick was Lima Swede. Tony Hills. It, Tony Hills, yeah. See, I should have known all these. I covered all these draft classes. I was going to say, yeah. geez, this is your article, man. Well, I I thought eight was really close. So then I thought, well, if I don't want to guess the same thing, I'll go seven. Hey, <laughs> but I got it right. That's all yeah. you can say. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guess first. So. All right. Let's do some ab- abbreviated or abridged final thoughts. We'll start with you, Brian. Go ahead. Final thoughts. Yeah, there's holes. But when Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert say, hey, we could play a game right now before the draft, after the draft, when I think of the guys that they could plug and play right now, I feel so much more excited. I know Pat Fryermuth. We're going to love that guy. I wasn't loving him on Friday night. I was loving him on Saturday morning. Najee Harris, you're going to see, of course, you're going to see a lot of Najee Harris. And the guy that you you guys love, he's going to be your starting punter. I'm pretty sure of it. But we've got a large guy. He's 263 pounds. His name is Presley. Why are we not calling this guy Elvis? It's a lot better. Jeff, it's a lot better than your nickname for the number two pick. I, I got to tell you, it's Elvis is a great name for a large dude. Oh, no. You have to him. call him 70s Elvis. See, now it's just too much. It's a big press. It's big right. press. He's Presley. Big press. But anyways, the, the holes are there, but the holes are in depth. <laughs> but how many teams don't have holes in their depth? So when I look at that, I think that, hey, the arrow's pointing up for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Dave, final thoughts. Yeah, we'll never know exactly how things fall out. I know some people are like, oh, well, who if Darasol would have been there at 24, would he have been the pick over Harris? You know what? Unless they want to come out and tell us, we'll never know. Oh, if Frere Muth would Frere Muth wouldn't have <laughs> well, been there <laughs> in round in round two? Would the Steelers have taken somebody like Creed Humphrey? You know who they might have taken? They might have taken Kendrick Green because they might have had him as their top center that they wanted in that spot. We'll never know. So that's what makes these things kind of interesting. Um, kind of like we'll never know who the Steelers thought that they were trading in front of in order to get Isaiah Loudermilk. We may never know that answer um, and, and things like that. But that's it doesn't matter where we drafted the guys. I know some people had brought up the whole notion of, hey, if they had taken Q from the U in round four or five and bumped those other picks back, would you have felt better about them? I'm like, yeah, I might have. But we shouldn't do that. Just like the whole notion of the biggest criticism against 
Terrell Edmonds his entire Steelers career was the fact that he was a first-round pick. You know who didn't ask to be a first-round pick was Terrell Edmonds. That just happened to be when the Steelers took him. So we've held, we've held over these lofty expectations. We don't need to worry about where these guys were drafted. We just need to all worry about how they're going to contribute to this team. And hopefully nine guys, nine guys. That would be insane if all nine of them made the team. It's going to be really interesting to see how it works out. And guys that we're high on right now, it, we might be – Steelers get four of them this year. We might be three or four preseason games in, and we're like, yeah, I thought this guy was going to be great, and he hasn't shown anything, you know, a.k.a. Sutton Smith. So it's great to talk about these guys because it's what we have to talk about now. But every single one of them, we need to give them the chance to step on the field and show what they can do. All right, I'm now going to send Dave and Brian the definition of abbreviated and abridged, <laughs> and uh, we're going to call it a show. So, all right, gentlemen, uh, thank you for your time. Everyone that's watching live on Facebook or YouTube, thank you for your time. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, that's it. The Steelers preview in the books. Go ahead and finish. send us out, Dave. Hey. Ah. It's the best. All right, we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.